Do you feel like your email and SMS marketing campaigns are falling flat? If you want to increase customer retention and convert leads, a winning email and SMS marketing strategy is a must-have. Strategy Maven Agency transforms your email and SMS program to help you increase sales, build real customer loyalty, and focus on impactful results. Strategy Maven Agency delivers to help scale your brand, especially if you feel frustrated by revenue plateaus, were let down by another agency, would rather use your time to focus on other initiatives, or if you've let your email and SMS program get a little neglected. They are experts, aka mavens, and will treat your CPG brand like their own. So say goodbye to cookie-cutter strategies and promises without execution. For a free account audit, go to strategymavenagency.com and mention Startup CPG. That's strategymavenagency.com and be sure to mention Startup CPG for a free account audit. We know the equipment we need and it is, it's achievable. So maybe we should just keep this in house and, and build it from there, make it like a real competitive advantage that we're the only ones that make a refrigerated plant-based marshmallow grain. Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Are you ready to hear from the world's first and tastiest refrigerated plant-based marshmallow cream? I have been full stop obsessed with Funky Mellow since discovering them through the Shelfie Awards last year after they won, and we did a short mini-sode with co-founder Delisa Harper last year that I also recommend listening to, where I loved getting to hear more about their story. Today, I'm so excited that we get a full episode with Delisa to dive into the world of Funky Mellow. At Expo West, Delisa and Zach shared Funky Mellow as a backpack brand at the Alley Rally event, and were in the top crowd favorites for a good reason, and it was amazing to meet them in person. They gave me some mini creams to take home, which were the perfect size for making fluffernutter sandwiches, and now I can't stop making them. If you haven't made a fluffernutter sandwich, it's peanut butter or the butter of your choice, plus marshmallow cream, and I like to add a little TBH hazelnut spread, who was another guest on the show. I think you'll notice that my love of marshmallows really comes through in this episode. Listen in as Delisa shares about founding Funky Mellow with her husband, Zach, six months into dating, participating in accelerator programs and launching in Whole Foods, Funky Mellow's holiday rollout with Sprouts and what Delisa and Zach learned, what it's like to self-manufacture, how they are exploring the food service channel, behind the scenes of their new Dipsters product, their social media and event strategies, what it's like to work with your spouse, and more. Hi, Delisa. Welcome to the show today. How are you? I am brilliant. Uh, the sun is shining. I'm on the podcast with you. It's It couldn't be better. Awesome. It's so great. We were just talking before we pressed record that it was so fun to get to meet in real life earlier this year at Expo West. Um, yeah. They say don't meet your heroes. And for me, I feel like meeting you and Zach was like meeting my like marshmallow <laughs> heroes. But and I, I can say that, that like that's bad advice. Like I feel very happy that I got to meet you all um, and uh, see you in real life. And today I'm wearing my Funky Mellow swag. My order yes. of Funky Mellow just hit the doorstep like moments ago. So I'm all in as a fan and really happy to have you here today. See how the universe just times everything like that? That's yeah. amazing. I've. I am. I'm so happy to be here. And it's 
Yeah, it's like talking to a friend is what I was saying. And I'm so glad I met you. So this was, this couldn't be any better. <laughs> yeah, no, this is so fun. Well, I would love if you could, for those that aren't familiar, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Funky Mellow? Absolutely. So my name is Delisa Harper. I run Funky Mellow with my husband and partner, Zach Harper. We create feel-good marshmallows and it's feel-good because it is top eight allergen-free. So there's no, like no nuts, no soy. It's made in a whole bunch of really cool flavors. Like we just came out with Dreamsicle, uh, which is like a vanilla orange flavor um, and some other cool ones on our website. We also uh, have it vegan. They're gluten-free, plant-based. So Zach and I, we really created Funky Mellow because we have a bunch of dietary restrictions and we realized that our favorite treat as a kid, marshmallows, they weren't clean of the, the ones you see today. Traditional marshmallows, if you didn't know, have gelatin in there, which is like... Google it. I'm, I'm going to spare you guys the details, but um, if you have like regular uh, fluff too, that has egg whites in there. So people with restrictions or preferences can't necessarily enjoy marshmallows the way they did. And we just wanted to create something that was even better than your traditional marshmallow. Uh, Zach and I met through a music festival and six months into dating, we created this fun funky company. So it's really just supposed to put smiles on people's faces. And today we're in a few stores. And I mentioned we have an online presence and this year is the year of growth. So we'll, we'll see what happens. That's amazing. Yeah. And the product is just incredible. When we did a little mini-sode after Funky Mellow on a shelfie last year, like, and I got the chance to try a product and Delise and I talked a little bit about that then, but I was just like, this is the best marshmallow product I've ever had. And I have eaten, I have consumed a lot of different marshmallows in my time. And so I just was so impressed. The texture is incredible. The flavor is incredible. And to achieve all that without some of the traditional ingredients that you mentioned, like, is amazing. I'm curious, like, how many, because you use aquafaba, correct? To, like, make the, like, how did you, did you know how to use that? Like, how did you figure that out? Did it take a long time? It did. I'd say, like, it probably took us, like, a year of research and trial and error to really figure it out. But what we did, it it was a golden moment uh, because we we actually just, we wanted to stay away from soy and all the recipes for vegan marshmallows have soy in there. And soy is just one of those things that kind of messes up our gut, especially if we have too much and all vegan products have soy. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun uh, little ingredient because it's discarded from chickpeas. So it's like a byproduct, but it whips up just like an egg. And people make like meringues from it. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a fun way to make something fluffy and sweet. Yeah. Awesome. So take us back in time a little bit, maybe to starting like you and Zach met at a music festival six months in, you're like, let's start a company. So had you been like experimenting with the product and then you're like, I think you're on to something. Did, was it like, you know, quit our day jobs kind of, or like, did you slowly ease into it? Like, what did it look like to like really get started? It was a progression. So Zach and I were both working full-time jobs in the corporate world. We met and this was like during our like find ourselves. We came out of like old relationships and we like just wanted to have fun. And so we found the festival life. And for like the first six months, like that's how we did. We like we partied, we traveled and it was excellent. And I, and I was I was vegan, gluten-free uh, or, or often on vegan at the time, uh, dairy-free for sure. He had a lot of other issues too. So it was really hard to enjoy the food at these festivals. And we wanted to just create something that was very enjoyable, a lot more so than like a cup of fruit that typically, you know, is reserved for people that can't have the other things. 
um, that aren't vegan. And we started by like testing, as we mentioned, different things. We made Rice Krispie treats to start and they weren't vegan at first. We had like some vegan offerings and some not vegan offerings just to kind of like try the waters and it worked really well. So we had like more demand outside of farmers markets. We wanted to do something that was ready for retail. So we tried to create vegan marshmallows and that was really hard to keep shelf stable. So it wasn't quite a retail, uh, although it was, it was really, really good tasting, but it was like a farmer's market item because it was good for like two weeks and then it would get like super, uh, super hard afterwards. Uh, and then we eventually found the crane and we've always wanted to do like a marshmallow flop. It turned out really well. That's when we found like a business accelerator program while we were like doing a Kickstarter to get a 40 quart mixer to make these at a little more scale. We became an LLC. We started talking to retailers and uh, Whole Foods picked us up after we went through an accelerator. Uh, we talked to uh, also Weedsville Co-op who picked us up. They're a local co-op here that has two locations. And from there, it was kind of a domino effect. We just kind of kept working hard and and building our audience and we're we're still doing that today but i'm glad that people really enjoy what we do yeah that's awesome and your your mixer's name is gizmo correct right for your manufacturing yes i haven't referred to it as gizmo in a while so <laughs> i think it's really funny that you brought that out yes <laughs> a fun fact that i remembered yeah yeah it's just a good it's, it's a it's a fun way to, I don't know, I just naming your equipment, it, it, it just kind of brings a whole new light to just working day in and day out, you know, giving things a personality. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. Know. It makes me laugh sometimes. <laughs> I love it. I have also named equipment, so I, I, I get it. <laughs> and you still do your own manufacturing, correct? We do. Yeah. And we, we plan to be in-house for at the foreseeable future. No, no one does what we do. Yeah. We actually have tried to uh, ask some co-packers if you know this would be feasible, and a lot of them either like they're not a fan of going back to creating marshmallow because it is kind of a sticky mess if you don't know what you're doing, um, or they just don't quite have the equipment to do the type of marshmallow that we do. So we were like, we know the equipment we need, and it is like it's achievable. So maybe we should just, you know, keep this in house and and build it from there. Make it like a real competitive advantage that we're the only ones that make a refrigerated plant based marshmallow cream. Yeah, for sure. And do you have t uh, like other team members helping you now in the kitchen? We so we're still trying to find like a team uh, that is part time and mainly helping us out with production. We've had a few that have come and helped us, and we're so grateful for that. But where it Finding people uh, and having them stay, that's kind of something we're learning about, uh, you know, how to not only grow and train and attract the right people, but making sure that we all grow in the same direction. So it's totally fine. Like big companies even like may not be able to like maintain, you know, the headcount that they have. But we're that's kind of a part of, of us kind of coming into our own as a, as a company. So we are looking for more people to help us with producing because we're definitely scaling up. It's, it's about that time. Yeah. And you mentioned accelerators, and I think you went to, through a couple different accelerators. One of them was Skew, who we've had on the show, uh, and uh, definitely big fans of the Skew team. Did you apply to like a lot of accelerators when you were getting started, or how did like how did you find accelerators and know like this you know know that that was an option? <laughs> so funny enough, through Zach's old job, actually, he used to work at EPAC, and they are a packaging company that is local to Austin. They are a part of a group called Naturally Austin, and that's how we found that network. They, we went through a program 
uh, I think during the year of COVID from them. And it was like a general business like development course. And we then applied to SKU from that program. So it was it was another like natural progression. Once we applied, we we learned that we were like one of the like 10 or 11 companies that were chosen to go through this deeper program. And we came out pitching. And as I mentioned, we uh, got funded with some really cool networks. So, I mean, even to this day, we are still in touch with our mentors that are just helping us guide through the uh, the sea of uh, business and distribution right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. And when did you start working with Sprouts? Because I believe you are in quite a few Sprouts stores at this point. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So Sprouts was actually a, a holiday rollout. And that was our first like national rollout, especially, the, I mean, the fact that we like last year was our first year, like full year in retail. So the fact that we had sprouts during our first full year of retail is like that. I, I still pat myself on the back in that too, because that's yeah. amazing. Seriously. Uh, we're so glad though that it was, uh, it was a holiday r- run because we were able to really understand the ins and outs of like working with a distributor and getting our product on shelf and what promotions look like. and doing demos outside of like our home, like our town of Austin. And we learned a lot. So that means we're, we're ready to be in a store nationally, I'd say if like full year, because we kind of know the questions to ask and the people to connect to at this point. Although every store is different, but yeah, we, we did such a good job that they uh, are entertaining us coming back. Uh, but you know, but we'll see, we'll see how things go. We're definitely planning on uh, having some big retail partners this year. So we're very excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you did you like apply specifically for like for like a holiday program or did you like apply generally and they were like, hey, we think you'd be a bit good fit? Like I'm always intrigued by those like kind of holiday time programs. We we talked about one recently when Shameless Pets was on the show of like that they that was a strategy they kind of used as a business to do these like, you know, specific uh, like timeframes with larger national partners. So I'm, I'm curious about like how you set that up or how that happened. Yeah. So and this is, I wish Zach was a part of this conversation because he's our sales guy, but I did like watch what he did with this. Uh, he literally just did the regular application uh, for Sprouts. And I think because our product is so unique, there aren't really too many marshmallows applying to get into Sprouts. They did pick us up for the holidays. And I, but it was, it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary. We just, we went through the regular process and uh, followed up. We kept following up with the different people that we knew to connect to. And eventually we did get the conversation and we, uh, we were a promo item. So we sat, when we were in the store, we were at the end of the aisle in a nice promo bridge, which is cool. Cause like, you know, typically people may have to pay for an end cap, but we were like right there. So it was, it was a nice way to roll into a large chain like that. Yeah, that's so cool. And like, what was it like prepping for that like big order? You know, since when you're doing manufacturing <laughs> on your own, because I've I've been there self manufactured. You get a Sprouts PO, and it's you know it was the biggest one we'd gotten yet. And so I'm curious for you, yeah. like, what was it like prepping for getting that order shipping out since you were making it all yourself? Oh gosh, well I'm sure Gizmo has some uh, some words <laughs> to say to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she she brought the midnight oil. Um, it was it. I I just I like to say it was it was just a big learning lesson. We kind of knew going into it this is going to be our first big rollout, and so we were literally like it was okay to make mistakes. We know that like other bigger brands do. We've heard the stories. It, it's really just about being very tedious when you're especially dealing with like 
distribution. So we luckily had uh, a worker that was helping us uh, mostly uh, full time at the time. And he actually came from a uh, logistics background. So he was able to help us with like building pallets and putting case labels on everything. So that really worked out. But it it was it was a lot because we all we made things manually. And so it took us, I'd say, probably like a four week of production to build like a full pallet. And we built like five pallets just to start. So, I mean, you can only imagine, like we kind of had to stop what we were doing and just make sure that everything like went out. But for what it was, like it just, we we were able to have a 3PL. Uh, we, we newly signed on with a 3PL who can help us with uh, getting our finished product to them. And then the uh, distributor would pick up from their warehouse and then distribute it to the different stores. Uh, we got very familiar with the different systems that we had to learn, not only with the 3PL, but uh, knowing all of those terms uh, when it comes to like the bill of lading or uh, the manufacturer chargebacks and all that fun stuff. Uh, so just it, it was like a like a heavy crash course on like what it meant to, you know, run a national business. So very grateful for the time. And I think that only helps like build us confidence for the future rollouts that we have. But that's why I say I'm really glad that it was like a limited run just to start. So any mistakes that we made, it wasn't like so detrimental to where it's like carried on to this day. We can start over <laughs> next time. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's such a great learning experience. And did like, was it challenging finding a good like 3PL fulfillment partner, especially since your product like has temperature requirements? Like, was that a difficult search? Did you have to interview a lot of firms or did you, you know, know someone that referred you? How'd you find the right partner? So a shout out to LinkedIn. My <laughs> husband is all over LinkedIn and I'm so happy he is because there was actually the 3PL reached out to him on LinkedIn and they invited us to their facility and they were building it at the time. And they had a freezer section, a fridge section, and uh, even like a dry section. So it, I mean, everything doesn't work out, but like that was one of the things that definitely worked out really well. And it's, uh, they were able to, I guess, get their systems up and going like around the same time that we started that launch. So I guess in a way it was kind of a learning learning for them as well, uh, which which can be good and bad. But I think in that case it, it was it was good. Now of course I have like stories. <laughs> Everyone has like their downfalls, uh, but I just I try and see the positive of it. Um, you can't really take take too much negativity into doing challenging things like this. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll always learn it as a as a growing lesson. Yeah, and speaking of like. LinkedIn and then, you know, you you finding the positive and things. I'm curious, like you and Zach both create really great content. And I think Zach's mentioned being kind of shy and that it kind of pushes him out of his comfort zone. But like he has great LinkedIn content. Your TikTok videos and Instagram videos are awesome. Like I love following you. Encourage everyone to absolutely follow along. And like on the way to like Expo West, like you ran into some shipping challenges. And so you like documented your road <laughs> trip and like turned it into this fun thing. And as the start of CBG team, we were discussing like funky milk, like they're just the coolest, like documenting this journey, <laughs> taking us along. They turn this like, like very difficult thing into something fun. So I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on like how you're creating content, how you're getting out of your, 
you know, if it feels out of your comfort zone for you or like, you know, how do you think about kind of sharing your story with the world and your experiences? And, and I, and also just thank you for it because I, I really enjoy your content. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for saying that. I, so I'm also a very shy person. It's not natural for me to record, but like over time, I kind of get better at it. And funny enough, like a road trip out to Expo West, for, for me, it, because this was so out of the norm for us to do, I was like, oh my God, I have plenty of content. Like just whip out the phone, talk to it, whatever. Like these are the fun times. If anything, I'm going to just document it for myself because that was our first time even going to a trade show like that, which is, it is insane. It was a there, let alone. Um, I can't even imagine having a booth there, which one one day I think we will. But yeah, doing, documenting things like that, uh, I think somewhat is natural to me. But when it comes to like, just documenting my everyday life, I think it's boring. Like, I don't think to whip out a phone because I'm on the computer all the time. Like, who wants to watch me do that? But I, I I, think I've sort of built up a little bit of like a confidence and a, I guess, an intrigue, at least myself, just to maintain the community that I have going on these different platforms and, and Zach too. So if you can tell with like the videos I have Zach in, he's a little more camera shy than I am, which is why he's so good at like the LinkedIn like text posts, like he'll write because he has so many thoughts, like so many great like things to say. And he can type that like easily. I second guess myself and I'd much rather just like film what I'm doing or take a picture or, you know, whatever else, because I actually have a little bit of background in photography. So I guess that's kind of where that comes from. But it's it, it's just I guess you get used to it. And then the people that are on those platforms motivate you to keep going. So I I see it as just a and. It's an integral part of growing your business, having a community out there who not only looks forward to your content, but continues to encourage and inspire you. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's so cool. And doing your own manufacturing too. the fact that you have day to day access just to cool, you know, like marshmallow fluff is so cool. I could watch marshmallow fluff videos all day. And, you know, you have access to that because you do your own production, too. You don't have to go ask to visit another facility or something. So that opportunity to share that behind the scenes is is pretty cool. That's true. Yeah, that actually is a way for me to get pretty easy content, just setting my phone down and just showing me like dipping out the marshmallow cream. Although sometimes I do overthink and I'm like, everyone has already seen me dipping this out, but it's the same marshmallow. But I I'm glad you said that you don't get tired of it. So maybe yeah. I'll just keep doing something. Like that. Yeah, you don't. I, I don't get tired of it for sure. I like I follow other just like marshmallow content online because it's just it's oh. fun. <laughs> You're one of those. You're like a marshmallow like head. I love that. Well, OK, well, let's go with that. I think there's a lot of people like you out there. So it, me personally, I it's fun doing my own production because I love my product and I'm not just saying it because I make it like I will save the extra pieces that are the extra parts that don't fit into a container and put it aside. Like I will not get rid of anything. I'm like, I can do something with that. I'm going to eat that later. It and it's so good every time. And so I'm so glad that like it makes people as happy as I am. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. Are you looking to get your products in front of 17,000 foodies? Consider exhibiting at the IFT First Conference, happening in Chicago, July 16th through 19th. The expo is put on by the Institute of Food Technologists, IFT, and filled with buyers, investors, product developers, research and development professionals, and innovators. 
there will be a startup pitch competition giving away $15,000 in prizes, plus 100 scientific panels, more than 800 exhibitors, plus the Startup Pavilion featuring 100 food and food tech startups. Booths in the Startup Pavilion are affordable at just $575. The theme of this year's IFT First is Innovation in a Time of Crisis. Can we future-proof the food system? To learn more about IFT First and how to get a startup kiosk, go to iftevent.org. That's I-F-T as in Institute of Food Technologists, iftevent.org. And the link is in the show notes. Are you looking to grow your product sales with specific retailers? Do you wish you had store-level information about your products? What if there was a way to make sure your next product launch was a success? Social Nature is here to help. Social Nature is an all-in-one shopper marketing platform designed to help emerging brands win at retail. Powered by 1 million natural shoppers, they help you move units off the shelf quickly and get you the store-level insights you need to scale your business. If you're looking to grow at retailers like Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, HEB, Wegmans, Walmart, and more, email marketing at socialnature.com or visit business.socialnature.com to learn how. And make sure to mention hearing this message on the Startup CPG podcast. That's business.socialnature.com or the link is in the show notes. We had some visitors at the kitchen the other day and uh, they got to watch us make marshmallow and try like fresh marshmallow. I guess like how I need to have you at the kitchen one day because now that I know like how much of a geek you are with marshmallow, (laughs) having fresh marshmallow like whipped and warm, ready to eat is there's nothing like it. And it's my favorite thing. So like one day it'd be really cool to have like a marshmallow factory so that we can invite people to just try marshmallow. We could do like custom flavors and, you know, all this fun stuff. So that's a dream that I'm putting out into the universe that it it pretty much could happen. I like it. And then I'll come and give like a, do like a Mr. Rogers style documentary about the marshmallow process at your factory. I think, I think this can all come together. I definitely need to see the (laughs) the process in person. That sounds amazing. You're welcome anytime, Justin. Seriously. <laughs> I love it. Well, and you mentioned Expo um, Expo West. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like? You know, I think you had you kind of shared uh, some time like at the SKU booth and you had some sampling time and then you were at the um, at the Alley Rally event sampling. Like what, what was overall your experience with Expo West? Was it valuable? Did you make good connections? Yeah. All of the above. It it surpassed my expectations. And it's funny because I come from like a trade show background, but like I come from the tech trade show world. It is not as mind-blowing to me because I'm such a foodie. Just seeing all of the vendors there. I, I get, I were there like 80,000 people mm-hmm. at that trade show? Like, yeah, it was, it was insane. So like we drove in and I think it was like on a Wednesday afternoon. And the first thing we see right by the convention center is a swarm of people. You couldn't even see the sidewalk. It was just a swarm of people. So I was like, we're going to dive right into this. So we got there, saw all these food trucks that literally followed the sea of people. We didn't realize how massive the convention center was and that there were multiple buildings, multiple levels. It got re- really overwhelming really quickly, but just kind of navigating through the food and also seeing like our friends boots it 
it made it a little better because we got to like visit certain booths. And then when it was sort of cleared out after like day two or three, then we got to like revisit the booths that we didn't get to see. All the samples are amazing. I'm pretty sure we made four meals out of the samples. I don't think we left to actually get real food, but it, we had such a good time and having so grateful for SKU, having like two hour slots for two days at these rotational booths was so helpful, especially for new brands that like couldn't even afford a, an attendance ticket. It's a shout out to all of the organizations, including you guys, that just give small brands a chance to get some exposure. It, it, it was a good time. And also to meet everyone on person that we talked to on LinkedIn or Instagram. It, it was really cool to see everyone. Yeah, that's so cool. And you you also like, you know, from following you on Instagram and everything, you it seems like you do a lot of events with like, um, you know, farmers markets and everything still. Can you talk a little bit about your kind of event strategy? And you mentioned demos, like, you know, how you and you have the cutest little mini containers that you use at demos that I just <laughs> but they're so cute. Like it it like hurts how cute they are. They're so perfect. <laughs> I love them so much. Um, When Thank I saw you. them in person at Expo, I was just like, ah, they're just as cute as they are online in person. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about your like event strategy and getting the product, you know, you know, so that people can taste it for themselves. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're in Austin. So locally we do, I'd say like monthly like events, whether it be like a full on type festival or like a market. It's just a good way for us to connect with like the local community. And ultimately we still do send them to the store if they want like our core flavors. So we've kind of worked our event strategy with doing the store demos and just having like a cycle that way. Cause we do the, we do custom flavors, the flavors that you don't see at a store at event. That's where people can find them. In addition to picking them up at our kitchen, they can do that as well. Uh, the, we've been, because we're trying to grow our retail presence, we've been demoing hard. Uh, Whole Foods has been our made one. We'd spill as well. When we launch into other big stores, we're going to at that point probably hire a demo service because there's no way we can do it we had a little taste of that with sprouts i literally flew out to la that flew out to denver we demoed as many stores as possible and came back beat <laughs> so i can't imagine doing that on like a larger level like all year so we'll definitely need some help to do that we're so we're starting to hire hire and talk to other services there um but when it comes to our overall event strategy we're also looking into food service. So we started, well, actually we catered our first wedding with the little s'more, they're called s'more shooters or s'more stacks. So it's like layered marshmallow with like a cookie and then maybe some fruit or chocolate sauce. It's Yum. so good. Jesse, you'll be good to hear or be happy to hear this. We're actually looking at figuring out how to ship these. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it can be like rubbed all across the country because they're so tasty and like spores is just one of those things. I don't think it's ever going to go away. It's just like, how can I do it in a new way? And the fact that so many more people can have this kind of s'more, mm -hmm. it's, I think, I think that'll be a, a big one. Um, we're also introducing our, our dipsters as yeah. well. So um, if you aren't familiar with the dipsters, they are, they're going to be little trays and it's very snackable. So it's like a remix on like an old dunking stack back in the day. Uh, but it'll have our vanilla cream and then we'll have our first version with pretzels. So we're working on that right now. Pre-orders are live on our website. And we've been showing that at all the events that we go to to just kind of get some hype up. And everyone said 
the same thing that like these are perfect for like school lunches. It's perfect for on the go snack just to have in your fridge because it will continue to be refrigerated or frozen and eventually they'll roll out into stores. But just spreading the word that we're out here and talking to people that also follow us on social media. So it's it's a great way to continue the community engagement, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. If you need a test person to try to ship the s'more stacks to, you know, just you can <laughs> send them my way. I'll I'll report on how the shipping experience went. <laughs> I want pictures. I want notes. I want videos. I want oh, all yeah. of it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> cool. I'll trust you. <laughs> Um, on the, with the dipsters, like, because like, that's kind of like unique packaging, you know, the little, with the little packets for the pretzels and the spot for the cream, like, has that been difficult to find packaging for and like experiment with and like, um, you know, and to find the right pretzel to work with? Like, can you tell us a little bit about the process of kind of developing that new product? Yeah. So Zach, uh, actually, so I, I am, we both have sweet tooth or sweet teeth, whatever. Oh, but he's more of the salty side. I'm more of the sweet side. So I can totally eat the cream with a spoon. No problem. Zach, though, he needs to balance it with something salty. So it actually was his idea at first to have the pretzels be the first iteration of the dipsters. And uh, we actually are working with a local vendor, FitJoy, who is well known already. They will supply our pretzels. So we're super excited to work with them and it'll keep them gluten-free and vegan and all that good stuff. The trays, yes, they have been a little challenging to source, but I think we've brought it down to a couple of vendors who are able to customize the trays for us and we'll be able to get them at a good scale while we grow. So that's really cool. And once we get this first iteration down with the sweet and salty, we'll be able to multiply that with like the different flavor combinations we're thinking of, like like fruit or cookies, because people keep saying cookies, even though I'm surprised like they want it sweet with a sweet, but I'm also not surprised because, you know, why not keep it like a, a nice dessert, but it is still cleaner either way. That's one of my favorite things actually is sweet on sweet with I will dip gluten free Oreos or the like goody girl s'more cookies in more <laughs> funky mellow marshmallow cream. There you go. All right. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand that I can I can relate to that for sure. So let, tell us a little bit about the food service channel, because I think that that's a super interesting application. You mentioned it. And like, I know that I'm always wishing that Funky Mellow was like at my favorite ice cream shop or, you know, at a co- when I'm ordering hot chocolate. So, yeah, tell me about your strategy and thoughts around that area. It, it makes me so excited because we were able to think of our marshmallow cream going in so many different directions. So it actually is used very widely as a uh, coffee or hot cocoa creamer or mix-in. And that's been really cool because that opens the door to other coffee or um, yeah, hot beverage shops. There's also ice cream, like you mentioned, so it can go really well as a topping. It can also work as a mix-in because the way that our cream is, it has low water content. So it actually freezes really well. It doesn't get really hard like regular marshmallows do. It can go really well with fruit. So any fruit trays out there, you need some funky mellow on the side and also as a breakfast topping. So we have an array of like categories to choose from when it comes to just working with other food service partners. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you, since 
since it's you and Zach right now, like, how do you, is it something that you plan to kind of like go after or like, you know, you can only do so many things with, you know, with, with the two of you. So like, how do you think about like, you know, kind of what to expand into next? Like, are you focused more on like retail or do you want to build out that channel? Like, you know, and have it be more of a focus. Like, I'm curious how you kind of decide what to go after when there's only so much time in a day. That's true. I wish we could just clone ourselves and, and call it a day, but we don't have that capability right now. Yeah. So we are using this year to really expand our retail presence. So all the demos and even like any events that can just spread our awareness that way, we're working on it. And we are a two-person team. So we're building out uh, our demo team or marketing team. But when it comes to food service, we actually, through posting on social media, we've actually been getting a little more traction on just how our cream can be used. And so we are slowly but surely building up the food service side, or I guess it's building itself up. But we do plan on once we get retail up to a certain level to really hone in, or even our team to a certain level, to really hone in on the food service side so that we can continue to work with like chefs or even like the other restaurants that provide it as like a topping or even on the corporate side too, you know, doing the fruit dip because that's a very easy way to uh, have like a, a clean snack. So yeah, we're we're gonna work on it in in two, but we do have phases to this because we are small and grown. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. And this is going back a little bit, but I believe that you were a golden ticket winner for Kehi. and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that because I know a lot of brands like that. You know, that's something that they you know, they'd love to be a golden ticket winner. So I'm curious, like how you, you know, how that happened, what that looked like and what that has meant since you won the golden ticket. It's a great question. Uh, so Zach was the one that applied to that program. And yeah, we, we won one of the golden tickets. It mainly has helped us launch into like a few of their distribution centers for free. And it happened when we were launching into Sprouts. So it was good timing for that because we had to use Kehi anyway. I am glad that we did get the the publicity from it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They they were able to post about it. We got some other news articles from like other third party like journalists there. So that was really cool. Yeah. And I also wanted um, you are you're fundraising right now as well, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about the fundraising process? Because also, if we, you know, if we have anyone listening that may be interesting, I wanted to make sure that we talked about that a little bit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Fundraising. So this is our first time ever like doing anything like this. But we realized to get to the level that we're trying to get to with all of the interest that we have right now, it's necessary to raise some money. So we have just started fundraising. I think we're about like a month or maybe a couple months in. And it took us, it took us some, some, I guess, some practice to like really understand like what are the key things in our pitch that really hit home with people? How do we like lay out the flow so it makes sense to us and others? And building those relationships, even if it's like too early, say like for a VC, for example, we're early stage. So it may be um, a little early to, well, I guess it's never early to have a conversation, but it may be too early for them to actually like invest in the company, but maintaining those conversations so that whenever we are ready, they're very well aware of who we are. It makes it that much easier. It's, it's mainly just getting to know people and putting yourself out there so that they know what you're up to. And then you'll eventually get connected to the right people. Um, cause we did get our first angel not too long ago. And I actually ran into him at a demo that I had in Sprouts in LA. 
And it was my very last demo. And I was not looking for anyone to ask me about if I was fundraising, but he did. And sure enough, uh, it, it transpired. So I, I guess that's, that's kind of my, my one tip from this is like, it's just maintaining connections with people and also being pretty transparent about like what you're doing with your business and where you want to go. And eventually you're going to attract the right people that want to help. But it, it's almost like another job. I, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And especially being shy people, having to talk so much about raising money and going to these happy hours and being super social and always having your pitch ready and having different pitches for different people. And, you know, it's, it's like always being prepared because you never know who you're going to run into. But if anyone's interested, please let me know. <laughs> we're, uh, we're looking at scaling up our, our production equipment. Uh, we know the machinery that we need to get there. So it's just a matter of getting the funds to do that. And in addition to that, we're looking at different ways to um, not just fund the production, but we'd love to have people to help us with the marketing side of it as well, because we have some really fun marketing ideas outside of just the events and the demos that we think people will really enjoy and it'll it'll be very impactful. So we'll stand out in people's minds continually that we are the coolest marshmallow company in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I absolutely believe that. So I, I have no... No problem believing that other people will uh, will believe that as they get exposed to the brand. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, I wanted to to hear from you a little bit too about you know working with working directly with with Zach and what you know what that looks like to be a couple but also run a business together and you know maybe what some of what you've kind of learned over time and this you know since this business started when you were still dating, like it, you know, it's, it's been a part of your whole journey together, which is really cool. But I'm, yeah, I'm curious about anything that you want to share or that you've learned or that you find helpful just, you know, for how do you make sure you rest and recharge when, you know, you go home with your coworker at the end of the day and, you know, like, yeah, just super curious. That's true. I, I'm probably not the best to talk about boundaries because I was up working at 1030 at night and, and Zach was the one who was like, what are you doing? I was like, I know it's, it's one of these things where like, you know, we, we, we love working together. Uh, we are best friends. We started this company together and just something that was really fun for us to do because we love to spend time together. Uh, so it, it definitely has its benefits because like he knows me like no other person and same with him. So when it comes to like making decisions or, you know, trying to learn from other things, we're able to talk on like a more intimate level to help each other uh, grow and learn. Even if it's a conversation you're not ready to have, it's it's necessary. Uh, but I would say as far as boundaries and like separating work and life, I personally struggle with it all the time. My I, I, I came from a corporate structure where it was like, okay, lights off at this time. Like I'm not going to do any work. I'm going to leave it in the office. And now I don't know if it's just because I am a business owner or if it's because I do work with my spouse. So like we literally talk about it all the time. It's fun to talk about, but you forget that you are talking about work still. And so it's important not to lose like the things that you love to do outside of the business, because I think like the whole wellness aspect is something I'm also very passionate about. So I personally maintain uh, a little bit of individualism and downtime when I like do meditation. I keep like a little morning routine. I walk Macy, uh, maybe like go outside barefoot because I love I love nature and kind of spending time without technology. So even like a little getaway every once in a while taking care of myself, listening to music, drinking tea. Um, I'm very much a slow paced uh, gal outside of this. 
my husband is more fast paced. So um, although he loves to like just watch like a game every once in a while, like he's a thrill seeker. So he likes to do some activities. But I think that's kind of the yin and yang of it. We balance each other out, which helps not only personally, but in business as well. He's really good at the sales side of things. I'm really good at the marketing side of things. Um, I figure out the numbers part of it. He's very strategic and he's very much a people person. So he, you know, finds the connections we have to kind of go through to get to a certain place. Uh, it, it works out. So whether you are married to your partner or not, it's really important to find someone who can, uh, I guess, satisfy your weaknesses and vice versa. You just gotta, you gotta play to the strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still go to music festivals? Is that something I assume that that those kind of stopped for a couple of years, but like, you yeah. know, or is that something that you still hope to go to or have still oh. done? I hope I want to go so bad, but it's, it's funny because it's like there, there's actually a festival coming up, uh, around the quarter in October. And we're, we've been playing with the idea of like going, but on the other end, we're like, but this is also a good revenue opportunity. Like maybe we can go and like enjoy the music, but also like we can vend and it's actually not that expensive to vend like other, you know, places to go to. So in the back of our minds, we're always thinking like, how can we make this a funky mellow thing? But our our business was born from like the festival like vibe so we're like i guess it kind of plays hand in hand we're like working and also doing what we love like we can blend it together i have no problem doing that as long as it continues to give me the experiences that i enjoy which it has been um but yes i i definitely have kept an eye on different festivals that have been out there and one of these days we'll be able just to go and leave funky mellow to the team that we have so i I see that happening in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope that that happens uh, for you both as well. That sounds awesome. Um, well, and then a question I like to ask, you know, most of our guests is like, are there any guiding questions that you ask yourself? Because you're presented with so many choices between, you know, what do I focus on today? And then tough decisions that come up, especially when when it, you're at the stage where it's just the two of you. And like, so like, is there any questions that you find that you ask yourself or anything that helps you kind of navigate like what to do or what to do next? Yeah, we so I'm sure we're trying to like, <laughs> it, it's two of us. So we're trying to create more structure on things because we know when we have a team, and when budgets get bigger and we have investors, it can't necessarily be loosey-goosey. We have to have some sort of rhyme and reason for doing things. So really just making sure that we have our vision in the right place, like as far as like what our goals are for the year. Like if we plan on growing in retail, then we need to make sure that the things that we do are aligned with growing in retail. Um, but keeping it to like two or three just main things we want to achieve because I know that there's so many opportunities that come up and it's so easy to get distracted. But if you keep it to those main things that you guys agree on um, and me and Zach agree on, it'll kind of shift the decisions towards those overall goals. We're still learning how to do that. Sometimes we have the distractions take over, which is totally fine. Uh, but we are able to kind of bring it back to like, what is our what is our intention right now? Like, does it make sense with our strategy? Are we on the same page? How will this affect next year? Will it work with those? You know, it's just kind of like a long-term thinking mindset is what we're trying to train our brains to do. Shifting from that small business to medium business, at least mentality is important. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we kind of go into how to find, you know, how to find and get Funky Mellow into your life? Is there anything else that you wanted to share that we didn't cover so far? Oh, man, we talked about so much. I I think you did a great job in presenting the questions. And I always 
leave our conversations being very satisfied with what was said. So I can't, I can't really think of it too much. Um, but I am pretty much an open book. So I love to have conversations like these. If you want to connect with me on like social media, we are so still very small. So it's me and Zach. You will most likely be talking to me and Zach, even if you just message our Instagram or our TikTok. But we love what we do. We are so excited by the people that have surrounded us because it's, uh, it, it's, more, it's more than a business to us. It's definitely sort of like a lifestyle and being connected to not only the entrepreneurs that have you know, come from doing things like this, but the people that are like in the industry, like, you know, like you and like Startup CPG and such amazing organizations. Uh, I just, I want to say thank you to everyone who's given the small businesses a chance because I, I don't think any of us would be where we are if it wasn't for the platforms you guys have put forth. So uh, it's, it's, it's been great. And I plan on keeping ties with you guys forever. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Well, I definitely, everyone needs to go to funkymello.com. That's the website. Pre-order some dipsters. Make sure to order vanilla because that's the OG flavor. And then, you know, order some of the seasonals like the Orange Dream. And then on Instagram, you can follow funky underscore mellow. And then on TikTok, you can follow at funky mellow. So there's so many ways to get marshmallow like actual marshmallow cream and marshmallow content in your life. And so I'm going to include all those links in the show notes and encourage everyone to go check it out. And just thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing more about your experience. We're so glad you're in the community and, you know, that you're a Shelfie Award winner. And then I've gotten to meet you in real life. Like, this is just so fun. Really appreciate you. And just, you know, I... You know that I'm out here cheering for you and, uh, you know, just, you know, rooting for you. And as is everyone at, at Startup CPG. Thank you. We love you guys. And thank you for sharing all the ways to connect with us. You are the best. So thank you, guys. I look forward to spending the rest of this growth here with you guys and sharing my journey. Thank you for listening in today. I'm so honored you joined me for this conversation. And I love hearing from you all with feedback, suggestions, or if you just want to say hi at podcast at startupcpg.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn. If you liked this episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend or colleague, subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, and maybe even leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you aren't yet in our Slack community of founders and experts, we'd love to see you there. You can get the free invite at startupcpg.com and find all our other awesome resources there like webinars, databases, the blog, the magazine, and virtual and in-person events. And if you found yourself rocking out to our intro and outro music, which I do every single time, make sure to check out the Super Fantastics on Spotify. It's the band of our startup CPG founder, Daniel Scharf. I'm Jesse Freitag, your host and producer, and on behalf of the whole team at Startup CPG, thank you for being here and see you next week.